This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, alternative media for discerning minds. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members for your loyalty and support. Without you, this program would not have been possible. This Sunday, we commemorate the 10-year anniversary of the events of September 11th, 2001. And for that, I chose the only person who has conducted the only independent and comprehensive forensic investigation on what happened that day. I'm sure you know I'm referring to Dr. Judy Wood, author of the book, Where Did the Towers Go? Dr. Wood's research and conclusions have now been discussed on Coast to Coast AM, Jeff Rents, Conscious Media Network, and many other respected alternative media outlets. In addition, Governor Jesse Ventura has read and discussed Dr. Wood's work. At the beginning of segment two, I've included a few audio excerpts from Governor Ventura regarding his awakening as it relates to what happened that Tuesday morning on September 11th, 2001. Dr. Judy Wood will be with us shortly. To listen to tonight's full interview, become a Veritas member 
Just go to our website, verytestradio.com, click on the subscribe button, and receive instant access. Come on, why wait any longer? For only $7.95 per month, you can listen to every program, audio and video, hundreds of hours in CD audio quality, and take Veritas with you wherever you go. Subscribe today. And visit the Veritas store, where you can purchase our 8GB USB drives with Seasons 1 or 2 with a lot of bonus material. Or even MMS. What is MMS? Go to the past shows and listen to Jim Humble's interview. And if you need to get in touch with me, click on the contact button of our website and also join me on Facebook. Why is it that the 9-11 truth movement continues to demand a new 9-11 investigation when one scientist has already performed an independent forensic investigation and the case was filed in the United States Supreme Court in December 2009. If other so-called researchers and experts are so sure about their findings, why haven't they submitted their studies to a government authority? To this day, Dr. Judy Wood's investigation is the only comprehensive forensic investigation in the public domain. What a complete unmitigated disaster 9-11 and the 10 awful years following it have been. 10 years of murder, crime, lawlessness, deceit, stupidity, and blindness that are only now ameliorated at long last. 9-11, a new investigation. Dr. Judy Wood is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. This is Andrew Johnson, and you're listening to The Veritas Show. Dr. Judy Wood earned a doctorate degree from Virginia Tech and is a former professor of mechanical engineering. She has research expertise in experimental stress analysis, structural mechanics, deformation analysis, materials characterization, and materials engineering science. Her research has involved testing materials, including complex material systems in the area of photomechanics, or the use of optical and image analysis methods to determine physical properties of materials and measure how materials respond to forces placed on them. Her area of expertise involves interferometry. She taught graduate and undergraduate engineering classes and has authored or co-authored 
over 60 peer-reviewed papers in their areas of expertise. In the time since September 11, 2001, she has applied her expertise in material science, image analysis, and interferometry to a forensic study of over 40,000 images, hundreds of video clips, and a large volume of witness testimony pertaining to the destruction of the World Trade Center complex. Dr. Wood has conducted a comprehensive forensic investigation of what physically happened to the World Trade Center site on 9-11. And based on her analysis of the evidence she gathered in 2007, she filed a federal ketamp case for science fraud against the contractors who contributed to the official National Institute of Standards and Technology report about the destruction of the WTC. This case was filed in the United States Supreme Court in December 2009. To this day, Dr. Wood's investigation is the only comprehensive forensic investigation in the public domain. And for a third time, and especially during this 10th anniversary of the events of 9-11, I'm privileged to welcome Dr. Judy Wood back to Veritas. Hello, Dr. Wood, and welcome back. How are you? Hello. Thanks so much. Pleasure having you on back again, especially with the significance of, of 10 years after the events of that day. And I have to tell you, after a few years of, of getting to know you, having read your book, 9-11 never felt the same. Things changed after I became exposed to your work, Dr. Wood. So I'm glad to have you back. Now, this time I want to discuss a few things that uh, are in people's minds. And the first one, I want to get back to page... 396 of your book, and people will understand why I'm reading this. Recently, we saw that Hurricane Aaron was uh, really, I don't want to say overhyped, because some people may say, look what happened in Katrina, maybe they wanted to be better safe than sorry, but not a lot of people mention Hurricane Aaron on 9-11-01, and if, with your permission, may I read a few words from uh, page 396? Sure. Well, let me say this. In fact, as I was to discover, Aaron came closest to New York City and also reached its largest size on 9-11 itself. Interestingly, the National Hurricane Center projected Aaron to be a stronger force than it was to project in the case of Katrina four years later. How curious it is then that this hurricane was not mentioned or shown by graphics on morning weather reports. Were meteorologists absolutely certain that this hurricane would make a sharp right-hand turn away from New York and head back out to sea before there was a major threat of storm surges? No, at least not according to the National Weather Service. Approximately 500 miles in diameter, Hurricane Aaron was approximately the same size as the later Hurricane Katrina, and yet the public was not widely alerted to it. None of the major morning news shows mentioning the storm. Still, Aaron was the subject of a standard study. The forecast was for Aaron to be stronger than Katrina was later to be. In fact, Hurricane Aaron actually did have more cyclonic energy than Hurricane Katrina. And how about Irene, Dr. Wood? It was only a Category 1, and it was basically traversing over land, getting weaker and weaker. Hurricane Irene was over water, so it was gaining strength all the time, and it became a Category 3. And if we compare New Orleans to New York City, they have some similarities there. New Orleans a little bit below sea level. New York is at sea level. Can you explain uh, all these uh, contrasts? Uh, 
not really. That's the puzzling part, is that we do have, have contrast to how these are talked about. Hurricane uh, Katrina was warned about in advance, and they became concerned that the levees were going to give way. Uh, that was puzzling, because the year before, they weren't concerned about the levees. But they were concerned about the levees, and you know, we heard all sorts of warnings, and there was mandatory evacuations. And with Irene, there were mandatory evacuations. Uh, and there was a, interestingly, there was a, a college professor in Vermont who had ordered my book and was reading it. And then on uh, Sunday, they, he ordered five more. And I was curious about that. And then I learned later uh, that on Saturday, in the height of, of when the um, Hurricane Irene was to be hitting land or, or mowing down New York predicted he turned to page eight to chapter 18 that's where he began reading and it, that's the first he'd ever seen Hurricane Irene uh, uh, sorry confusing Hurricane Aaron well similar names too huh it's same letters <laughs> now this is a college professor that was not aware that on that day, on 9-11, there was a Category 3 hurricane east of Long Island, east of Manhattan. That had been heading there for four days straight. And did you see how uh, Mayor Bloomberg and, and all the rest were just talking about evacuations, and yet with this hurricane, nothing. As a matter of fact, some people report that they hadn't seen a clear sky the way they saw it on 9-11. Now, this is one of those parts where people who become exposed to your work just open their, their eyes and minds and they just can't have enough. Why, again, do you suppose that the media was, can we say, blocked from reporting this hurricane that day? Uh, I don't say blocked from it. I, I don't want to speculate on motive, but I will point out the contrast that there's this Category 3 hurricane headed towards New York City. Uh, the first day they thought it was going to turn because it was a high-pressure system moving from the west. And then day two they thought it was going to turn. Nope. And day three they thought it was going to turn. Nope. And day four they thought it was going to turn. How did they know exactly when it was going to turn away? And if it stayed there any bit longer, uh, it would have caused all sorts of storm surges. Yes, as you point out, Manhattan is at sea level. So is JFK Airport. All these places would have been flooded out. And as it was, uh, on page 400 on the CBS morning map, it says, as nice as can be <laughs> on the weather, but it also says rough seas. So they did acknowledge that. And uh, there were some uh, aircraft carriers and some other ships that were docked around Newark, and they took those out to sea. Because you don't want those that, you know, docked when you have uh, horrendous storms hitting land. And the issue is not that much the wind force. It's more the flooding that may take place. And as we can see, in the past few days, we had uh, Hurricane Irene coming by. At the same time, Aaron in 2001 packed about, what was it, 120 mile per hour winds. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Doctor, would help me out here, the towers were built to withstand about 140 mile per hour wind. That's only 20 they, miles more. Well, no, they were built to withstand a Category 5 hurricane, at least, a minimum okay. of it. So the wind wasn't wasn't the concern. 
And the wind usually isn't this concern. It's the storm surges. And with Manhattan right at sea level, so many people would be affected. And with such, you know, narrow uh, bridges to, for everyone to get out of, mm-hmm. how do you evacuate that many people that quickly? Well, they had days that they could have warned the people. If, if let's say, that this hurricane would have turned left, they, they had days to plan, just like they had days to plan for uh, Hurricane uh, Irene. And Hurricane Katrina. And Hurricane Katrina. And we also exactly. what happened. And, and there's a, first there's a, you know, voluntary evacuation, then there's a mandatory evacuation. As it gets closer and they see that it's still a threat and so forth. And a few years ago, there's a hurricane bill that was headed towards New York. And a friend of mine who lives in, in New York went out and rented a car to make sure she had one before they ran out of rental cars, mm-hmm. just in case she had to get out of town and they shut down the buses or something. Smart. That's because she knew about it ahead of time. Now, when people become exposed to your work, and I know you get a lot of email from people, what do they say? when they find out about this hurricane? Because this is one of the first things that really slapped me in the face when I heard about this, because I thought, I didn't hear that. And I was going channel after channel that day, and nobody, at least in my area, was mentioning that hurricane parked there. And it left, when was it? The next day? Yeah, it, for, for the 24 hours um, around the events of 9-11, it was basically stationary. And so was the wind speed, and so was the air pressure inside the hurricane. And I know how much you even hate to use the word speculation. But let me speculate. You don't have to speculate. Let me speculate. If I have that hurricane there moved, if you look at the track, folks, if you look at the track from Dr. Judy uh, Wood's book, you look at how it moves. I don't think I've ever seen that before, the way it moved, and it stayed there for, what was it, days you're talking about data. I could handle data, not speculation. Uh, I was looking for some other hurricane that had taken that path, and I couldn't find any. And this one merged into another storm. Well, that's that's normal. Um, no, it it died out, but then it, it got a second wind and, and picked back up again and mm. reorganized. And they thought it, it was a goner, and then it you know scraped back together. And then it's like it got in a groove, and it just like a runaway train going down a hill. It just picked up speed, barreling down towards New York. One thing interesting when it passed Bermuda, it kind of nicked the corner of Bermuda, and they said, "Well, it's headed out. It's heading northwest, out to sea. Not to be worried about it, about again. Like northwest out to sea. That's towards New York City. <laughs> yeah, northwest is not out to sea. It's right. inland, right?" And it was it was uh, pretty uh, surprising. When I say speculate, I just think what was, and I know you don't discuss this, but what was the purpose of putting that there and keeping the clear skies? It's almost as if they wanted multiple things. They wanted clear skies, and they wanted uh, that hurricane there, maybe to blow the dust away, or maybe to use it as a Tesla coil. Who knows? These are things that go through my mind. Or a controlled environment, because it was, you know, the same air pressure, the same um, uh, wind speed of the hurricane, and the same distance. It was like held constant for 24 hours. And that was interesting. It's like the, the, the air situation, that environment was constant. Whatever it was, was constant. So basically, to achieve what was achieved that day, they needed those conditions constant. And folks say, well, we didn't have a hurricane right over Manhattan, so it doesn't matter. And we didn't have a storm surge, so it ended up we lucked out. So what's the big deal? 
Well, when a storm is coming, there's a lot of people with, with arthritis and so forth that say that they, they can feel the weather change. They can feel a storm coming. And we know that birds, uh, you know, leave and they head for cover. Mm-hmm. Spiders pack up their webs. They can sense when a storm is coming because they sense something in the air. Air pressure. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.